708 isolation for Mr. Shelley, who has become the best teacher we could ask for. Patient and funny. We will miss you, Mr. Shelley. Signed, Tomasa, Elena, and Andrew. The unexpected misfortune. The giant rocket ship my parents had sent to rescue us was whizzing into space with no exact direction. The motors were churning at full strength. At this pace, I knew they wouldn't last long enough to take us back to the space station. Of course, not like I truly wanted to come back. As I had gotten kidnapped, tortured, and threatened to death just because I didn't want to tell them about Agency 708. But Helen and Thomas were there to help and I'm sure they learned not to mess with me for a while. Yeah, Marcus was also there, but he kept annoying me and reminding me how I almost died. He's not the kind of person you can trust, but Agency 708 enemies had kidnapped him too because they thought he was one of my friends. So he ended up hopping onto the ship with us. It's not easy being the son of two secret agents. Not only they pay... They don't pay much attention to you, but also it is as if they only protect you because of all you know about the secret agency, afraid that I could just spit out all of their info to enemies. However, I've learned to do things by myself, and now I'm a very independent kid, almost 13. Thomas was 11. He became friends the one day he accidentally dropped into the headquarters. Helen was 12. Originally, Helen and I were going to do this alone. But Thomas worked with his parents at the place where they launched the rocket to save me. Thomas, with his obsession of pressing all buttons he probably shouldn't press, got himself into the rocket somehow. Boom! We crashed into Earth with an astonishing splash. I reckoned we had passed the speed of light. As I gathered my strength to get up and analyze the situation, I realized that we were back on Earth. Around me, I could see a calm ocean. I guessed we were next to an island. The shores were made of rock, the waves banging loudly on them. We swam to the land. There was a chilly breeze that frosty because of our soaking clothes. We were next to a wild forest, a paradise forest. A small stream was rolling gently down to the ocean. As the mist of the beach was disappearing, I spotted different animals slowly approaching to see the newcomers. I too advanced towards them. The forest was damp and flourishing with life. Deserted, I thought. Couldn't have crashed anywhere better. A dog advanced, unfearful, and came to meet us. Helen, Thomas, and I walked towards it, petting him while he licked our faces. However, Marcos didn't move. Instead, he looked around with a worried and disgusted look, watching us with horror. This was weird, as I had seen him pit a big dog in front of his school gates, but I just guessed that he only liked his dog, ignoring a detail that would later on become as important as the dog in that moment. After having Ellen check the motors, Thomas and I sat down to enjoy the smell and sound of nature. The view was amazing. I calculated approximately an hour till sunset, but I was unsure as I didn't even know where we were. Ellen came running towards us, breaking that peaceful moment. 
The motors are completely broken. I won't be able to fix them. Need a mechanic. But the rocket is so complex, it will have to be a mechanic from Agency 708. She said, I wasn't exactly sad we couldn't go home. And part of the reason was that I knew my parents weren't going to wait for me with wide open. But also that beautiful landscape, chilly breeze, and nature sound made me feel warm and more like home. And I didn't quite want to leave such an amazing place. Isolated from the world with food and the necessary equipment. Why should we leave? Out of the corner of my eye, I caught a small smile flash through Marco's face, but wasn't sure as it disappeared as fast as it had gone in there. We can camp, I said. I'm sure there's tents inside the rocket. It even has a kitchen. Thomas' face lit up. Yes, I'll check the basement, he said, running off towards the rocket. Ellen and I found a good place for the camp and started clearing the area. Thomas came back after a while, his face covered because of two tents and a pack of lemon ice cream. After building a tent and settling with mattresses, we found in the rocket besides the tents, but Thomas had gone straight to the ice cream, we built a fire and placed a pot with soup on top of it. We were all sitting around the campfire, our dinner cooking in small flames, all lost in our thoughts. Only an owl's distant hoots and the campfire's crackling noises made sound, until Marcus broke the silence. What is 708 doing now? he asked. Why did he ask that? He knew very well that work was happening. I still just responded with a shrug. Probably trying to locate us to get us to safety, and trying to destroy the enemy's plans. I said without thinking. Suddenly, the pot started to whistle loudly. Thomas stood up, and his thoughts still turning in his head, he got a hand out of his pocket, but instead of holding the pot with the handle, he touched the hot metal part and jumped in surprise. How do you think Agency 7 is going to ruin the enemy's plans? Marcus added. I don't know. Probably some infiltration of some sort. I responded. Didn't your parents come up with the idea in the council? Um, um, yeah, yeah, just clarifying. Yeah, that's it, Marcus added nervously. I knew he wanted to ask me more, but at that moment, Helen announced that the soup was done. Everyone served themselves a nice hot plate of soup, except Thomas, who opened the ice cream and served himself a big scoop of that. Chapter 2. A Disappearance and a Note I'm going to find some strawberries, Thomas exclaimed when we were preparing ourselves to go to bed. I'm not having mushrooms for breakfast tomorrow. Yes, you are, responded Helen. Tony, support me. Thomas wants to go into the forest with no protection. I'll take Alfie. He'll protect me, he responded. All right, but be careful. I said, tired of Helen and Thomas discussing all the time. He smiled at me and rushed into the woods. I'm going to read, said Helen, heading to her tent, not after giving me an angry look. I went to bed, tired of all of today's action. Only half an hour later, Thomas woke me up. Guys, guys, said Thomas, jumping on the tents. There's an internet connection. I can play Candy Crush. Slow down, I said. How do you know you, you don't even have a phone? 
Well, Marcus was on a phone call with this weird dude with a creepy voice. But who cares? We can play Candy Crush. Can I please use your phone now? But what happened, Thomas? I asked once more. When he, when I saw he was not going to respond, I added, "I will let you use my phone if you tell me what happened." Okay, Thomas started. I was walking Alfie when he started sniffing everything around him, and so he, we went out of the path. There was Marcus with a phone and talking through it. At first, he was talking fast in a harsh voice, something about the agency seven oh eight. But he quickly stopped when he realized I was there. Probably he was just scared. Now can I have your phone? I handed him my phone. That's rushing through my head. Hey, he said. It's got no battery. Tough luck. I never said it was charged. I added before heading back to my tent. Now let's go to sleep. He followed me with a sad face. Soon we were all asleep. Next morning, I woke up alone in the tent. This didn't worry me. However, as I thought that Thomas was picking the strawberries he didn't pick yesterday, and Marcos was probably Marcos, I didn't remember him going to sleep yesterday. I quickly went out of the tent. It was hard as there were ink splashes everywhere sticking to my feet, but I managed to exit the splashed tent. I went out of the tent with the purpose of finding Marcos. However, as soon as I Reached the leftovers of last night's campfire, Helen came rushing towards me. Tommy, I'm so glad you woke up. You sleep more than a sloth, she said, joking. But her tone was worried. I was going to defend, my, uh, defend myself, but Helen left the joke and kept going with no more rodeos and getting straight to the point. Thomas is gone. But how? What? I stammered, speechless and wide-eyed. I had been taken by surprise. What happened? Thomas is gone. I searched around the camp and the island for an hour now. No sight of him or Marcos. Lost, probably, or worse, kidnapped. She panted breathlessly. What makes you think that? I asked, still confused. She handed me a piece of parchment stained with dirt and water. This was hanging on a tree nearby. I read the parchment carefully over several times. Greetings, young explorers. It seems that you have gone too far this time. Information is dangerous, and you have too much. Your friend is in pain. Come at your own risk. Come seek your friend where the moon becomes two, at the point of sunrise, in an abandoned house, lies the entrance where your faith lies. Good luck, young explorers. Tough not to watch. Signed, Diego. Deco Nine? Hadn't I heard that name before? Yes, I had heard my parents talk about him one afternoon after a secret mission they had gone on. I forced my mind to remember. Deco Nine has almost found out our plans, my dad had said. So he's the enemy. I shared this with Helen, and she added that he probably got Marcos and Thomas to get me to speak about the Agency Seven Hundred Eight's plans. Let's get going. What are we waiting for? I exclaimed impatiently. We can't let Thomas die, and well, Marcos either. Yes, but may I ask you where we're headed to? Asked Helen. Well, where the moon becomes two. Where's that? Where where something becomes two? Maybe a reflection, like a mirror. Started Helen unsecurely. Water that reflects the moon at night. 
Okay, the ocean moves lightly. Now, where does the sun rise? I started. East, where the sun rises each morning. So, east of the island, next to the ocean. We packed the essentials in our bags before heading out the east of the island, next to the ocean. Chapter 3. Into the hole in the tree. We had been searching for hours now, and we could not find an abandoned house. I was starting to think we got the clues wrong. We just continued searching it desperately. At this moment, I started regretting being isolated from the world and on an island. I wished someone could magically appear. The night was falling rapidly now, and we needed to find Thomas and Marcos as soon as possible. We had gone on no sleep in eye bags as Marcos. At least, now we could see if the moon becomes two and the sun rises east. We entered our tents and went to sleep. The next morning, Helen woke me up early. Tony, Tony, come see the sunrise. It's beautiful, said Ellen. As I looked up, the sunrise reflection hit my eyes hard. I quickly turned around to, to get away from the, sun, from the sunrise. I turned my head to the forest where the sun's reflection hit a hole in the tree and where some squirrels scattered away. My face lit up. Helen, I think I may have found the abandoned house. What do you mean? Helen said, coming from the shore. The hole in the tree. Some squirrels abandoned it. It's an abandoned house. But how do we get in? She responded. I slowly came closer to the tree. I don't know. I had fallen into a slide leading straight into a hollow room. Actually, I think I know. I soon heard more bumping noises, and soon enough, Helen was standing in the hollow room with me. The room was hollow with no windows and one metal door. There was one big light on the ceiling. We headed to the metal door and easily opened it. Then we slid through some rusty stairs, which cracked threateningly behind our feet. Everything was covered in a smooth dust coat. Once more, there was no window, mainly because it was all underground. But this started to worry me, as it meant no other escape route other than the door. It was all dark and cold. Wait, what if it's a trap? exclaimed Helen. Then I noticed I had been so concentrated in finding Marcos and Thomas that I had totally forgotten about the enemy's plans. I'll stay here. Then, if it's a trap, he won't know I'm here. Now you go on. Be careful, she continued. I nodded and wished it wouldn't be the last time I saw Helen's face. However, I kept moving without thinking about it. Then, suddenly, I entered a room as dusty and dark as the last one. The only difference was that Thomas was firmly tied to a nearby bed, mouth covered with a piece of fabric. Thomas, I whispered, coming to meet him and starting to untie all the ropes that covered him, but they were too tight. Thomas moved in desperation, trying to free himself unsuccessfully. Suddenly, Marco's voice reached my ears. Marcos, can help, come help me let Thomas free. I said, Tell me about Agency 708's plans and I'll let Thomas free, Marcos added in a cool voice.
But Marcos, we need to save. Thomas. Wait, what? <laughs> you haven't noticed yet. Marcos was only an excuse to get close to you. See for yourself. He pointed at the darkest spot of the room where the real Marcos was held as tight as Thomas. As tight as Thomas. Wait, a smile flashed in Marcos' face when he couldn't go home. Marcos talking through the phone to someone about Agency 708, then being scared when he found Thomas heard the conversation. Thomas disappears the next morning. Ink splashes everywhere and later a note signed by Deco 9 who turns out to be the enemy. Information is dangerous and you have too much. Thomas knew too much! Deco 9, it's you! I scream. He looks surprised. Let Thomas and Marcos go. But once more, he only responded. Tell me Agency 708's plan and I'll let Thomas and Marcos free. Never. You let Thomas and Marcos go and then we may tell you. I responded nervously. Helen gave me a nervous look from the shadows. Fine, he responded with an angry voice. He took Thomas from the shirt and brought him close. He then shoved Marcos. And now? No, you're still holding Thomas. Ugh. He pressed the button and the door to the stairs started to close. I heard a faint swish before the sound of the door closing. I didn't dare to look behind. Deco 9 now released Thomas. And now... I took a strong grip on Thomas before hearing a voice say run and the flying object right past my ear to crash straight into Deco 9's face, knocking him out. I quickly jerked around with Thomas and went for the door. When we arrived back out, out of the hole, a slick boat was waiting for us, wearing the logo of Agency 708. I knew they'd find us after all. We all hoped into the boat before speeding out of the and in the sea. I knew you could have managed by yourself, but I had to come and just make sure, at least. I heard a familiar voice say behind me. I turned and looked at I turned I turned and looking at me with the eyes of happiness and proud was my dad. I felt home and safe next to him. How could I have blamed him for not taking care of me? He was always there. As we zoomed farther into the ocean, whales joined us, migrating cheerfully as a family, and for once I didn't invite them.